Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome back to Bringing Up Us, the podcast. I am Matilda Sturridge. Um, I'm so excited about this week's guest. She is the glorious Natalie Lee. You may also know her as Style Me Sunday. She is a blogger and influencer. She blogs about fashion and diversity and body positivity, which I need a lot of. She's also a mother to two daughters, and she's the founder of the Warrior Woman Project. I really hope that you enjoy this week's chat. Hello, Natalie Lee, a.k.a. Style Me Sunday. I'm so excited that you said yes to doing this podcast. Um, <laughs> hello. Hello. How are you? Good. Nice to be here. Good. How's your Friday treating you? Oh, it's all right. I've got a bit of a hangover and uh, <laughs> delicious. <laughs> um, you know when you just try and cram too much in? Yeah. Always. I yeah. never learn. Never, ever learn. But, you know. You're having, you're having your house done at the moment, aren't you? I am, yeah. And living at home while it's being done. Yeah, it's How a is lot that? of fun. I've got dust in places you wouldn't think to have dust. Nice! <laughs> How much longer until it's all finished? Um, hopefully another month and then we're done. Oh my God, okay. Yeah. So doable? Yeah. What Are you doing the whole thing? Well, it's ended up being the whole thing, yeah. How long have you been in your house for? Ten years. Oh yeah. Oh my God. First time we've ever done any major work. So much fucking money, man. It's oh, so it's expensive. We're, so expensive. We're buying a house at the moment and we saw a house that we were like, oh yeah, we can do it up. And then we took a builder around and I was like, nope. <laughs> not, no, not going to do that. It's just <laughs> London builders. And also, you know that you, they'll give you a price, and then it'll be another oh, sort yeah. of million pounds on top of that. And then it's just yeah, it's all too it's all too scary growing up. So you're very brave and well done. Thank you. Um, okay, so we kick off each podcast with asking my guest, "Did you have an idea of the parent that you wanted to be pre babies?" Oh my god, doesn't everyone? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I thought I was going to be like this mother earth type, you know, mother. It was going to be so romantic and never I was never going to shout at my children, yeah. but I was going to be really strict with my children. Yeah. So they knew the boundaries and now I'm like, oh fucking hell, just take the iPad and stop talking to me. No, that sounds really bad. No, but, no. Uh, it doesn't at all. <laughs> we all know that. Um it yeah, it in in truth I think it's hasn't been as enjoyable as I thought it would be. Yeah. Um I think I think I thought I would be much more of a natural mother mm. because I wanted kids so badly. Yeah. Like from the age of 16 
because I've been with my husband since I was 16. I was going to say, I know that. Yeah, That's and I incredible. just used to just used to like badger him all the time it's like let's have children let's have children and he was like no 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 bloody way um but then I did we did when we were 29 which is quite a good age actually I think that's a really good age especially if you were together since you were 16 I mean you could have done it so much yeah earlier 29 yeah. seems like a perfect age to start yeah only because of him yeah, but, yeah. <laughs> I would have done it at 16 oh yeah, yeah. um it was, uh, but it, yeah, it has been a lot harder than I thought it would be. It yeah. really has. And the challenges um, that we have faced have been monumental. And I just, they kind of have really taken me by surprise. Um, definitely, it's definitely not as romantic as I thought it would be. I definitely yeah. had a very idealistic, romantic view of motherhood. Um, do you feel like it's obviously the, I think the, the the shock of having a baby is, is always really really difficult and very unromantic and the first year is so hard and lots of people don't make it through the first year do you think that the romance is back since your children are a bit older or do you think that it stays just a, li- a little bit tricky um, kind of both I think it definitely I, I'm seeing it getting easier for sure my children are nine and six now and, and we've just come back from thailand um and we traveled all over thailand and that was lovely it was really good they're at a really nice age where they can amazing. travel with us and do things and you know i don't have to bring like ten thousand suitcases full of crap yes and yeah they can just get on with things and and they've also started playing together which is lovely do they get on you know sometimes yeah. sometimes they do sometimes they don't when Whenever. when you're on holiday do you feel like their relationship's better than yeah when you're not on holiday? this is the first time really that i saw them properly playing with each other and enjoying each other's company and that was so lovely to see that's so it was nice. really nice yeah so yeah it, it does get easier but then you know more different challenges come yeah my eldest is definitely sort of approaching that puberty age and yeah emotions can be high at times and there's lots of difficult conversations that I have to have and sometimes I really have to push myself outside of my comfort zone to talk to her about things like masturbation or periods or boys and girls and you know yeah I want to come on to that all of that later but um before I want to bring it back to the beginning so you were a midwife mm-hmm. before you did what you do now yeah and you were a midwife before you were a mum yeah I was actually did that prepare you at all for a childbirth but also were you like I really want to have a baby and be this person that has a baby and yeah yeah I guess I did I did it I definitely wanted to but no it does not prepare you for motherhood in the slightest um and everyone else's everyone's birth is completely different isn't yeah. it and you just can't did it make you less afraid of birth yeah it definitely made Were me you less like afraid. i know i know everything that could happen and i'm prepared for everything and yeah when i had an emergency cesarean like i tried to do the whole water birth thing yeah. and um it just wasn't happening after 24 hours. We They were like, we need to do an emergency cesarean section. Yeah. 
And I knew what was happening. I've done this a thousand times before. It was a lot scarier for my husband because he was like, shit, shit, what are we going to do? She's going to die. Um, and I was like, oh, this is just, just get the baby out. Just do it. Um, so, yeah, it did. It, 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 I was much calmer. And I also knew that births can go peaked on quite quickly, um, you know. Yeah. So your first daughter was born and she has something called, correct me if I'm wrong, brittle cornea syndrome. Perfect. Okay. And that mm-hmm. means that she's losing her sight. Mm-hmm. So she's blind in her left eye. Yes. And then losing her sight in her right eye. Mm-hmm. How old was she when you found out? That this and and to, to, like what I mean, what this, is brittle cornea syndrome? This, it's been a very long road to get a diagnosis. I always knew that there was something up. Her bones used to click a lot. Her eyes, the whites of her eyes were grey. And is this when she was tiny? Yeah, a tiny, baby, tiny baby, baby. Yeah, I even knew in pregnancy. Did you? When when her when she used to kick me, yeah, I used to get a click in. And I used to say to the midwives and doctors, like, I'm getting this clicking, but no one else could feel it. And I, and I felt so many, you know, pregnant women, and I knew that there was something going on. That's really So it took a really, it took a long time for me to keep sort of badgering the doctors. And I was like, and I, and I made them do scans and everything. And they're like, there's nothing, there's nothing. Um, Can it be picked up in pregnancy? Or is it really hard? I don't think so. I don't think it can, actually. And it's a collagen um, disorder. Right. So it's similar to other ones. And and she was misdiagnosed a few times. So brittle brittle bone syndrome, it's kind of, it's in the same family as that. And yeah. Um, So she got diagnosed, uh, I don't know, when, how old was she? I would say around five or six, maybe. Oh my god! Okay, Channel so really nine. late. Yeah, and what, what did, w- was she losing sight when she was, you know, three, four, five? She, uh, we went. I remember at about four, I took her to the optician, and uh, they were like, "Whoa, she's got a really strong prescription for someone so young." I remember walking out of the opticians with her new glasses and she went, Mummy, there's houses on this road. And I just burst into tears because I didn't realise she couldn't, she didn't know there was houses there because like literally on the road. And um, that was the first sort of inkling that there was something going on. And they were like, you know, you, you really should go be referred to Moorfields. So we were, and uh, yeah, and we saw a specialist and he diagnosed her straight away. But she, the the front of her cornea is very fragile, so um, there's a risk. If she gets any knocks to the eye, she, she would instantly be blinded. And one eye, as you said, is already, um, she can't see out of. When so does she lose the sight in that eye? Um... I don't know, can't remember, maybe a year or so ago. We've had so many operations and so many things. Yeah. It it it's kind of fluctuates and, you know, it's yeah. hard to keep track of. But, uh, yeah, so we've got a little bit of sight in one eye and she copes really, really well with that. 
Yeah. And we had to change schools, actually, because the school she was at were awful and didn't cope very well with her losing her sight. Wanted her to stay inside um, at break times and lunch times and really isolated. isolated yeah, Yeah. Yeah. Because they were scared. Yeah. And I get it. But, I mean, you know, kids need to socialise and they need to feel... Well, yeah, she can't know. be told that she can't. No. So, yeah, we, we're really happy now with um, progress and the support we're getting. Um, and do the school give you a lot of support as yeah, well? Yeah, they really do, actually. What do I they mean, we're on them. We're yeah. on their backs. Yeah. Because I think, you know, when... I think we're very lucky in uh, where we are. You know, we've there's two of us. We're, we've, you know, mm-hmm. we're in a, quite a good position um but other people who you know maybe english isn't their first language or they just i think they would get away with a lot less if you weren't on them constantly yeah there's an, another little girl who's got exactly the same syndrome actually it's really really rare at her school no in london right um, and we met her once and her parents are refugees yeah and like the difference in support that she's getting to our daughter is really huge um so yeah you have to you have to fight for stuff really hard yeah i mean you do especially mm. yeah especially support in schools as well you're right there so you know it's you have to make sure that they're they're getting everything that they can get but also they're having as normal time as possible yeah and not absolutely. being felt isolated i yeah. le- i was just saying to Natalie earlier that I learned about your daughter's condition through the BBC, no, the CBBC, CBBC yeah. documentary called My Life, which yeah. is mine and Rudy's favourite show. I love it I as well. I just think it's amazing. It's this documentary that follows children from all over the world um, around, uh, and it's just kind of incredible. And each child has a different experience, whether it's something like your daughter's condition or... Homelessness. Which the homelessness one yeah. was so brilliant and so moving and it's just so it's just so important and also for kids especially Rudy you know he's eight his world is his own world yeah and to see what other children go through that isn't his world they do it really well and they just do it so kind of it's Mm. just it's really powerful and anyway we watched your documentary and we just loved it I thought your daughter was absolutely incredible and so just so positive but also just unfrightened yeah, I think as for me, if it was me and you, someone says, you know, you might lose all of your sight soon, mm. immediately you go into panic mode. And she was just so kind of just like, yeah, this is my life and this mm. is who I am. And I'm not, you know, it doesn't make me. Di- yeah, yes, I am different, but it doesn't mm. make me any different. Mm. And her learning how to read Braille mm. was so we and and really She's now getting so good at it's it. It's so amazing, and now yeah. also me and Rudy are kind of like we always touch under um, yeah the the, oh, what, uh, the the traffic, traffic light lights. thing, and you sort of <laughs> you touch under it, sort of vibrates, and on like a lemsip, there's a braille, and like we're so. She, she's just aware. Ama- so aware yeah and it's also we were actually doing it on a lemsip packet the other day and mm. i was like what the fuck like how do you what it like there's no how do you learn that how does she how is she taught to read again yeah i mean it's a whole nother language it's, it's like learning a whole nother language and we're we're learning too um but we're learning with our sight um on the computer right um but 
yeah I mean it's hard it's tricky does she now read in braille more than she reads no not at the moment yeah it's uh it's it's working alongside it um but while she's got some sites she likes she she does listen to a lot of audio books yes like Jacqueline Wilson is her like ultimate we went out and bought a Jacqueline Wilson book after yeah because really was like who is this writer that I want to yeah she says she's great yeah she actually tackles some really gritty topics she does a lot of um like yeah really gritty topics yeah lots of but which is kind of amazing like domestic violence domestic violence step parenting sort of like it's single like Mm -hmm. it's sort of it's yeah also you know you know yeah we're tracy beaker yeah the dumping ground yeah but she's brilliant i mean i loved her when i was a child and she's still going still going strong um one of the things in the documentary that you speak about is her bucket list yeah which is amazing how is she doing on her bucket list? She's her bucket list is wanting to do things before that she loses sight. Yeah, it was a pretty it was a pretty extensive bucket list. She's she doing was good, and it keeps getting bloody bigger. Yeah. That's the problem. It's just going to keep going on and on and on. Um, but yeah, she's doing great, and and it's a really good focus for us. Um, it's yeah. nice to have something like stuff to look forward to, and yeah, it's good. But. Um, <laughs> She gets away with a lot. <laughs> do, do they know how quickly her sight will go? No, no idea. And that that's that's the really tricky thing about it. I, I, I kind of feel like I'm always on edge. I'm always waiting for that phone call. Um, you know, when school call us up, your heart is in your mouth. Um, and usually, obviously, it's it's nothing. She's fallen over or something. But um, it's that tricky, yeah, just not knowing. And when that time does come, yeah, you know, how we how we deal with it, I don't know how we're going to deal with it, but we're going to deal with it. And, and it's going to be fucking tough. There's no two ways getting around it. Um, but, you know, we will do what we can, get all the support we can and get on with it. Yeah, yeah. No, it's a very difficult thing, and mm. I think that she's amazing, and you're amazing, and it's kind of, yeah, both being very, very brave. And then you have another daughter. I do, Autumn. Is she called Autumn? Mm. <gasps> she's six. I love that name. She's a little character, she is. She looks amazing. She looks so beautiful. They're she's both so beautiful. She's always dancing. I think she's going to be a stripper when she's older. Perfect. She dances, That's a perfect job. She dances like I mean, a stripper. I mean, Autumn the stripper is also <laughs> seriously good. <laughs> yeah. She, uh, my husband's like, where has she got these moves from? Uh, probably me. Yeah, and you're like, yeah, me. Awesome. <laughs> uh, I'm a great dancer. <laughs> Why do you ask? Yeah. Does she, I think when you have a child, or if you have a child, I can imagine that, that has... Um, a disability or you know you know is going to have operations and has lots of attention does she find that difficult ever or is she like whatever we've been really we've worked really hard at not um isolating her or not giving her enough attention we're quite conscious of that um I think she does sometimes, but she's also very overprotective um, of her sister as well. So, um, 
no she's a really good kid she's just really kind and really loving and supportive um and we're quite one of the things we've worked really hard on is um talking about our feelings Mm. so um you know when you are struggling with um a condition or something you know it's really it can be easy to be feel really angry and frustrated and you know resentful but um we've worked really hard on every single person in the family identifying how they're feeling and talking about it and and she's she's really good at that so that's so important i mm. think kids that can talk is to the most amazing thing and to who can express themselves and also to talk about a worry yeah i know lots of kids that just don't don't do that and i you know with rudy i'm so lucky in the fact that he's such a good speaker he's amazing speak he's so kind of articulate Is he? way more articulate that i i mean yeah. i'm really unarticulate um <laughs> i don't think so. i am right now um but he's <laughs> I think it's so inarticulate, inarticulate. yeah exactly <laughs> see no <laughs> I can't do it. Um, but he's just he just talks and he talks about all of his worries. Does he? And he'll come up to me at the end of the night, he'll kind of say the bedtime worry is always, you know, the big one, but he'll always sort of talk about his mm. day and talk about what makes him sad and what makes him happy and he's super sensitive and I feel oh, so lucky cute. to have that because yeah. I know there are some kids that are just like, yeah, and yeah. hold it in. Yeah. And he's And that doesn't do anyone any favors, no. does it? And also just in life, I think to Mm. I definitely have always held lots of things in mm. and I was so worried that I would have a child that would hold things in. So have you pushed yourself, do you think, to try and get him to talk more? Yeah, I feel... Yeah, I feel like I have and I feel like I've also talked to him about my... I'm not... I don't sort of sugarcoat things. I talk to him about my worries. Obviously not, mm. you know. Not much, all But of I them. kind of, you know, go, you know, yeah, not everyone. Yeah. But I go, God, yeah, today was really hard and this is why I found today hard and, oh, God, you know, I'm a bit worried about this and or I'm oh. a bit nervous about this. And so he feels that it's okay for him to be, like... Expressive. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, no, he always surprised me. He's so great. Oh, that's cute. Yeah. Um, I now want to talk about your blog and uh-huh. body positivity. Mm-hmm. And you start so you started your blog in 2012. Yeah, 7 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Years ago? I don't know. Yeah. I, can't, I also can't do math. <laughs> um <laughs> you started your blog so you gate you stopped being a midwife if, if I've done my research right when your second daughter was born. Yeah. Because you're I mean, good. <laughs> You're good. Thanks. <laughs> I'm a really good researcher. I'm not a good talker, but I'm a good researcher. No, you are. You are really good. Um, you, yeah, so you stopped when your second daughter was born because, yeah. it, as we all know, having children is the most all-consuming thing and it's pretty impossible yeah. to have any job, yeah, know, it was let, quite... let alone a shift job. Yeah. Also, we had lots of doctor's appointments and stuff with um, our eldest. And yeah. I found that a real struggle, real struggle. Um, so yeah, I started the blog because I was bored. I, did you I, know that you were going to start a blog when you were like, I'm not going to be a midwife anymore. I'm going to go no, into full-time mum. Did no. you go like, I'm going to do this for myself? No, literally just like one day I was like, oh, what should I do? I need something. I need to do something, but I, I need it to work for the family. I, I, yeah. I can't be away from the house. And, um, I really like fashion. It started off as a fashion blog, um, and I just loved it. I loved doing it. 
it wasn't it wasn't so much all about me so much then it yeah. was like new brands yeah. talking about new brands talking about fashion and yeah it was just nice because I didn't have any qualifications in it and that's the thing about a blog you can I mean that's the good and bad thing about yeah. blogs um anyone can start them up um, how do you make them become popular though how do you do a successful God, blog I don't know I think you just, just you, you've you've either got that connection with people or you haven't yeah. haven't you Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. And I, I don't know what the magic formula is. Did I you, really do don't. you get, did you, did you do, start your Instagram at the same time? Yeah. And did you have just an Instagram, just a normal, you were, you know, you just used it for you and then suddenly you had a blog and then you connected the blog and the Instagram or I've never used, I've never used uh, the Instagram personally. Yeah. It's always been connected Work. with the blog. Yeah, yeah. It's always been Star Me Sunday. Yeah. Um, not, uh, yeah. And does Instagram, do you think, help people get your, I feel like fan base is the wrong word, but get your your followers through, mm. they watch, see your Instagram and they go, okay, I'm I want to read what she's writing about fashion. and Yeah, and they did. Versa. I mean, I don't really update my blog anymore. I mean, I don't know that many people who do still write blogs because yeah, Instagram's sort of kind of taken, taken over. over. And and it is, it is, it can be a full-time, you know, thing. I try and post really regularly. Um, I work with brands and do um, ads and it's, yeah, I mean, that's enough. Yeah. 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 And writing blogs takes ages. It takes a long time. So I haven't, I haven't really written anything for ages, but uh, yeah, Instagram is, also I think like people digest information much differently much more differently now and they want like snapshots they want really quick easy fixes and I just feel like yeah 
blogs. Yeah, people don't bit, sit down and read. Yeah, it's yeah, it's true. Yeah, you you're like our attention span. My attention span is so short. Yeah, like literally, I'll do something and then a couple of minutes, I'm bored of this. Let's go. Do you know what I mean? And it's just, I think that's probably to do with social media. Yeah. When did it stop being about fashion and start sort of turn into being about sort of diversity and body positivity? Um. I think it was about two, two, just maybe two to three years ago, I think. I went to a talk and somebody said something that really struck me. And it was the gist of it was basically, um, you know, don't (laughs) you've got a voice and use your voice and and why um would you try and just fit in with what everyone else is doing and and I and it just really struck me and I thought do you know what I've been playing it really safe for too long and I actually just want to do stuff that really nourishes me and stuff that I'm really bothered about I was I was scared about talking about race or talking about like wanking or you know I was scared about being too controversial and therefore I was just being like everyone else and it was a bit dull really. And as soon as I started like poking my head up and like, you know, talking about stuff I was was really passionate about, people started really connecting with it it and it changed and now I will get, you know, my boobs out or my tummy out and... You know, it's good because it makes people feel better and that makes me feel better. It's amazing and so positive. And I, it's, yeah, you know, bodies are so complicated. And do you think that it all starts from your mother, how you feel about your own body? That's a big question. Yeah. (laughs) Because I've been thinking about it so much recently as I'm. I feel like I'm a really confident person and I love my life and I love my friends and I'm in a great relationship and I have an amazing child and throughout my whole life, I am super body conscious. But oh, yeah. I don't know like how many people, if you ask my friend, they would be like, no, she's not. She's, you know, she's really, like, she loves her body. She's really confident and I do love my oh, body. you hide it well. Oh, so well. Do you? Yeah. And I have only just kind of started talking about it and actually... We're going away tomorrow for four nights um, without Rudy with four of, I know, for like four of my best friends and their husbands and boyfriends. And I've I've just never done this. Suddenly, I think we're all getting older and everyone's thinking about having babies and everyone sort of realised that I was actually, had Rudy so young that I've never really done very many friends' holidays. Yeah, We're all going away and I'm so excited. And I was talking to my friend Molly about it and I was like, I've just got anxiety about being in a swimming costume in front of, everyone and she was like so many of us have she's like what she was like i never thought then i was like yeah and i've been trying to think about when it started and why i'm so self-conscious of my body and why i'm so worried about cellulite which i'm so worried about oh yeah yeah and i don't i just don't know where it starts and how to get the fuck over myself i mean i think oh our parents are so important in terms of shaping our views and our 
and how we think about ourselves. And I I grew up with a mum who was constantly on a diet, who yo-yoed a lot, um, and who was incredibly beautiful, but also incredibly self-conscious. And it's just, it was the norm to not like yourself, to hate your body and to mm. and to do everything you can to change it because it's big business. Yeah. And that's, you know, it's a market employee. And I feel like we're, we're trying to take the narrative back now and trying to grab it back. Um, but yeah, that definitely did have an impact on me and how I viewed my body and it was really and and when I had children that's when it kind of switched for me especially having um girls I looked at my body in the mirror absolutely hated what I saw and I was so sad I was like I thought like after seeing my postnatal body I was just like I'm done like I've got nothing else to give. Yeah. Like, I'm never going to look attractive again. I'm never going to be able to wear a bikini ever again because who who the fuck wants to see all this cellulite and all this stretch marks? And, I, and then I thought, God, that's so dark and so sad. It's so dark and it is so sad and that what, we <laughs> program ourselves to think like yeah, this. Yeah, but then I thought, but what if my girls had, what if I, you know, that what if that was my daughter who thought, who was looking in the mirror and thought the same? What would I say to her? And that just suddenly, like, a switch turned. And I was like, I'm going to try really hard to crack this cycle because I don't want to bring up another generation of children who loathe looking in the mirror and who want to hide their bodies and who yes. are held back because it holds us back in so many arenas of our lives. You know, I don't want that self-consciousness to to stop them from achieving things. Because that's really, that's shit. Yeah. How do you teach your girls to love their bodies? Well, first of all, you role model, don't you? Yeah. You, I, I'm so hyper aware of not being critical about my body in front of my, so, you know, it's... I hear women all the time putting themselves down so much and it just breaks my heart, especially when you can see the little ears, like they're listening, they're watching every single thing we do. And if you hate your yourself, they're gonna they're gonna hate themselves because that's what they're, you know, been conditioned to do because they see it. Um so yeah, never ever talk about my body in a derogatory way um I've never weighed myself I've thrown away the scales a long time ago yeah and I think that was really important for me because I used to weigh myself every single day and that would determine whether I was having a good day or a bad day I just yeah I've never owned scales because I just I, I just know that if I did obsessed I, not only would I become obsessed but I would just be deeply unhappy and and actually saying that my, we never had scales in our house growing Did up. Did you not? No, my I sort of sort of grew up in like my mother is so beautiful and naturally so skinny. It's not that she ever 
sort of spoke about her body, but I had two brothers that, you know, were really kind of skinny and tall. I was really sort of skinny until I then I hit puberty and suddenly my boobs went to a G size over two years. That's hard. And I when had, you're a kid, it's yeah, hard. And it was re- and I had hips and I was so athletic and then I couldn't uh, run the 100 meters anymore because I had such big boobs and it was really painful. And, and also unwanted attention as well. Yes. That's really so difficult. I, I stopped running at a sports day when a boy shouted out, look at her breasts. And I was so and mortified. I was so, and I was like 14 and I just thought like, oh, and they kept growing. And I had these brothers that were so skinny and this sort of really petite mum. And I was just like, where has like this curvy girl come from? I was like, I had no... And also I just hadn't... I didn't know how to dress myself. I didn't yeah. know. I was so worried of dressing my boobs without them looking sexy like, I didn't I didn't want to be sexy I was like always I just I wore literally 90s well and it so must long. it must be difficult if you had if you didn't have a mother who who you know had the same sort of figure as you yeah. because you had nothing to sort of you know look up to and go off but yeah I can imagine that must have been really, really really hard and I remember the day so well and I must have been around 15 and we were away and we were about to go swimming and I looked in the mirror and I went, oh, I don't, don't really like that. And I've never done that before. I've always just not cared. or and Don't just, really like what? I didn't like, I, I saw cellulite mm. and I was like, well, where's that come from? And mm. I was like, oh, I don't like the look of that. Mm. And since that day, I don't think I've ever looked in the mirror and gone, oh, like I've looked in the mirror and gone like, oh yeah, you know, I look mm. nice and my body looks nice, but I've always gone like, but it could be better mm. rather than go like fuck I have a great body mm. and I'm a really happy person and why should I worry about those why does that affect my mood or make me feel sad yeah and I find I, I find it so depressing that I feel like that and I really you know want to stop feeling like that and also I would you know don't ever want to have a child like you mm. who feels like that and I would I do the same you know I've you know never sort of be in front of Rudy and say mm. god I don't like this or but on holiday sometimes I find myself with a towel yeah and then drop it up. just before I get in the pool yeah. and I'm like no what, who am I celebrate like, that shit yeah, yeah. And it's so and so I'm this holiday I'm I have said I'm just gonna fucking push yourself push myself and yes. be really proud of myself I want to see pictures I'll say yeah I'll send pictures and also I'm in a relationship with a man who loves my body I bet he bloody does (laughs) and tells me all the time and it's like but still why when he says it I'm still like but do you yeah (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I don't believe you yeah but do you in my head and I it's bet it so, does. It's just, I, it's just such. A, and, and your Instagram is amazing because, and and actually, you, you did a fuck you Friday when you were on holiday, and it was about cellulite. And I read it, and I was like, yes, like what is wrong? Like, and also, I look at that and go like, fuck that woman has some banging body. <laughs> I don't look at that and go like, oh, she's doing a fuck you Friday about cellulite and where's yeah. it? It's just like, oh, look at yes. that. Like, it's amazing. And it's babies just, have cellulite. Yes. Newborn babies have cellulite, yes. and we don't. Like look at them and go, oh, look at that cellulite. Yeah, you know we're but we're conditioned to think that cellulite is is something horrible. It's ugly. Yeah, you're conditioned to think it's, that it's an normal. ugly thing. And also being brought up sort of you know in the nineties and you have all these sort of anorexic, yeah, heroin cheek thing. And you're like, oh, that well, that's what's beautiful. Mm. And then it's just like, no, 
no it's not no. being you is beautiful yeah no matter how you look and also i don't want to spend my whole life going i wish i looked different or it's time consuming so time consuming yeah and it takes up headspace that you could be you know utilizing elsewhere yeah it's yeah you and it's and there's no magic formula to you know to fixing it you've just got to keep working on it and also you know keep checking in with yourself mm. you know when when you're getting those thoughts just notice them be yeah. aware of them and try and flip it it's not easy it's really not easy yeah but just try and just thank you for your your body positivity giving me my pleasure body positivity um the last thing i want to quickly talk about is obviously my favorite sex and masturbation and all things really good fun my favorite topic my favorite topic <laughs> um and also sort of just t- sex education for children as well as in i'm someone that will freely and openly talk about sex and masturbation and i've never been uncomfortable about it mm-hmm. never really been uncomfortable about it around friends have always quite openly spoken about it none of my friends will bar the younger ge- i feel like so scarlet curtis and honey ross who uh, producers in the pink protests of this podcast they talk about it all the time yeah. I'm like, i never I, I, what why generation i would sit down and be like oh god talk about masturbation and someone's like i'm sorry what i know my generation too like i i don't i still haven't talked to my mum about sex like yeah. i don't think i could ever bring yeah. myself to talk to my mum about sex but i'm like actually and when i discovered like masturbation properly mm. it's really later on in life that i've really got into it yeah um it's amazing oh, it's the best thing ever see i think i got into it quite young but never spoke about i know oh, i would never and have never spoken yeah. about it, my mum was on the down low yeah but also i was never taught about masturbation no, i know and i remember when i first did it, i was like whoa I can do this to myself. This is I'm gonna have great fun. (laughs) I know, and it's just you know, it's so important that we teach our our kids not to feel ashamed of exploring their own bodies. You know, I didn't, I don't remember knowing what a clitoris was when I was a kid. In fact, my first sexual relationship, um, I. Uh, I don't want to go down that path, but anyway, my first sexual relationship, he definitely didn't know what a clitoris was. Really? I didn't know what a clitoris was. Sex was fucking shit. shit. <laughs> the first time you're like, really? No, well, that's what I was so confused. And I was like, because why do I, I have sex? masturbating before I lost my virginity. When I lost my virginity, uh, I was like, oh, wait a minute. Like, this is terrible. Like, yeah. I'm way better. Like, what? Who would do that? The person that I lost my virginity to is still a great friend, so I really <laughs> have to listen to this. Max. <laughs> um, yeah, so it took me a long time to discover my clitoris. Um, and now I have, like, I'm just addicted. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's the best thing ever. Um, and also, I've recently been... Not recently. Mm few months recently been introduced to this um new vibrator which is fucking mind-blowing i've never used a vibrator uh, i know oh my god i know if you had told me that before i, I would have brought you i would have brought you one because oh, i'm like it. this this is like this is my gift to you i i want to spread that shit everywhere <laughs> <laughs> um yeah there's that there's 
there's there's a couple of versions, but um, there's the Womanizer and the Lilo version. But basically, it's got this sucky thing, yeah. and it and you put it on your clit, and it sucks your clit. And oh <gasps> my fucking god, I I I I give it to my friends as presents. Oh my god. And do you like use it alone, or do you use it with your I husband? I use it alone. Yeah. yeah. Do you use any toys with your husband, or would he be like, nope? Uh, occasionally, it. I'm not not. Mm. But they're more. They of tend a, to get in the way. To yeah, be honest, I, yeah. I think I prefer. They're, it's my, a bit fiddly. I yeah, think, I prefer my hand to, when yeah. I when yeah, yeah when we're doing yeah yeah when, when we're doing when we're doing the sex when we're doing the sex. <laughs> Do you? I mean, I think it's amazing to be open about it, and uh, I. But I saying that I'm so I d- don't know how to. When Rudy gets to that age where it's sort of, you know, going through puberty and everything's changing. How old is he? Oh, he's eight. No, he not for a while. Please. What? 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 Masturbation? Well, I mean, I don't, I don't know how no. to talk to him about it yet. You need to talk to him I know, about what it. What do I do? He's how getting do I those do feelings. It? I know. Well, I know he is, and I know that you know a willy growing is the most exciting thing in the world for him. <laughs> but it's like I, I'm still a bit like. <laughs> Yeah. And Ollie, my partner, I'm like, oh, well, you could do it. And he's like, I'm not the biological father. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not doing no, that yeah, shit. Yeah, and I'm no. like, please. Um, you definitely, like, yeah. I My eldest is nine and I started talking to her about it. I think it's six. But what do you say? How do you broach that conversation? Which a, one? To about a six-year-old? S- about sex or... About what? sex and about masturbation. I mean, I mean, I, I, I've been like, if they are ready to want to ask a question mm. they deserve a good answer yeah and so i think maybe girls are a little bit more inquisitive and slightly you know more mature than boys as yeah. well so she was asking some you know really in-depth questions about sex and i was just being brutally honest and telling her everything she needed to know and it's really it's been it's been really good so it's a good foundation for us to talk about stuff yeah um and i often sort of say you know talk about self-pleasure and like if you want to do it just do it just go and find yourself some private time yeah and, and you know now we've got this rule that we have to knock when we go into the bedroom and stuff like that the sock on the door the, the classic <laughs> <laughs> that's but yeah i think it's it is it is really quite um, cringy and difficult, but it's important. To so talk important, about. also so amazing to have a mother that talks about it with you and makes you feel safe. And yeah. the fir- I think we can all relate to the first time you do it, you feel a little bit like you've done something bad or yeah. you're a bit kind of confused and vulnerable. Yeah. And well, I didn't know. I, I remember humping teddies quite a lot. Yeah. I remember you know. that. I mean, I didn't know what I was doing. Yeah. Like, what, what, what yeah. is this? Why well, is it your body just going like this? Yeah, feels good. Yeah. yeah. Um, and but I, I do remember being very ashamed of it. Yeah, there was definitely it was definitely. I had linked. so much shame. Yeah, so much shame to it. And and that's what I want to try and you know stop, you know. Yeah, that's just it's just normal and so much safer than having sex. It's so yes. much like yes, oh my, a, yeah. as we know, more yeah. pleasurable, <laughs> way more pleasurable. <laughs> um, and yeah, I just, I just, I just really want to teach you know kids that exploring yourself before somebody else explores your body 
is really important. I think it's the way to a healthy sex life. How are Absolutely. you meant to find yourself, how is someone else meant to find yourself sexy or give you pleasure if you have no idea? What you like. What you like and your body. And yeah. I have a friend who recently had never masturbated and she never had good sex. And I said, it's because you don't know yourself. Just spend some time with your body and then sex will become a whole different thing. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, masturbation and sex are great things, guys. Yeah, they are the key, <laughs> key to happiness. Um, <laughs> we end each podcast, I don't want it to end, this has been so good, uh. with asking the question, if you could give yourself one bit of advice pre-parent, what would it be? One bit of advice. Um... I think, I don't know, maybe something about not being judgmental. I was one of those pre-kids, I was one of those people who looked at other parents and was like, oh my God, I'm never doing that, ever. And I was very opinionated, like, I don't know, it, it just so judgmental and so opinionated and then and and I've really I've been really humbled by motherhood by um you know having a child with a disability and I'm so much less judgmental now and I just I think I think I would have just said you know just shut up and stop making all these shit opinions and and just um, go with the flow. You just you don't really know what what it's going to be like, but yeah, yeah. I think that's a great <laughs> a great bit of advice, Natalie Lee. You have been amazing. Thank, Thank you. you so much. I loved it. Thank you. You're welcome. A lot can happen in the next three years, like a chatbot, maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.